already alive. Good evening, everyone. Hopefully, everyone is having a blessed evening as we are. As always, we like to say praise the Lord. Thank the Lord for another day in the land of the living and another chance to get our acts together. If you've been with us for a while, welcome back to Joy in the Midst of the Storm. And if you're new around here or your first time listening on the podcast, welcome to Joy in the Midst of the Storm, a program where we like to do weekly live stream Bible studies with topics coming straight from the Word of God. And this evening, we're going to be starting in the book of Isaiah, the eagle-eyed prophet. God showed him a lot of things. I'm sure we've seen the movie The Passion of Christ way back in the early 2000s. Well, he got off the cross and he went back to the Garden of Eden. And Isaiah saw him on that walk back. But how? This was about 2,000 or so years before it even happened. How was he able to see that? God allowed him to see that. He allowed him to see a lot of things. So we'll be coming from the book of Isaiah. As you can see, we'll be talking about uh, as you can see from the title, we'll be talking about Christ being the root, the root of Jesse, as um, Tony put in the description. Christ is referred to as a lot of different things. So in this instance, he's called the root of Jesse. So what in the world is that talking about? So we hope, hopefully we'll make that clear and we hope that you get something out of tonight's message. So without any further ado, I'm going to pass over to Minister Tony Banks. So we'll go ahead and get started. Thank you, Melvin. Uh, as always, we like to start by saying a prayer. So if you guys are at a place where you can and will bow your heads with us, Heavenly Father, we thank you for just this opportunity uh, to come together, to fellowship, to uh, grow closer and closer in your word. Lord, we thank you for all the many blessings that you continually uh, rain down on us, Lord. You shower so many blessings on us, Lord, that we are not deserving of. We don't deserve any of the things that you do for us, but you're so gracious, so merciful, so kind, so loving, so long-suffering, Lord. You do all these things for us. And so, Lord, we say thank you first and foremost. And, Lord, we're also praying for the Bible study tonight that someone would hear something that would encourage them, that would spark and light the fire, rekindle it, uh, if you will, so that we would continue to run for our lives as never before, Lord, that somebody would... Uh, hear something that they may not be saved, but they may want to be saved. Uh, so, Lord, we're praying these many blessings in your name, Lord. And we're praying for all of those going through trials, tribulations, Lord. Uh, so many dangerous and perilous times in the world that we live in. And so, Lord, we're praying that you would keep our minds, keep our hearts, keep our eyes stayed on you, keeping us in perfect peace. Lord, we're praying that no matter what happens in this life, that you will continue to remind us that there is joy in the midst of every storm. And so, Lord, we're praying uh, these many blessings in your precious name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, uh, Melvin already mentioned, we're talking about Christ being the root. Uh, throughout Scripture, we've talked about Christ, or the, the Scripture paints the picture of Christ being so many things. Uh, a rock, uh, the Savior, the light of the world. Uh, the life I mean so many different things and so tonight we wanted to go back and look in the book of Isaiah and it's in other books also but I wanted to look at the root of Jesse uh, so we'll look at Isaiah chapter 11 we won't prolong it because there's no way I'll be able to cover all the things that came across my mind when I uh, when I began to study this message, this topic, uh, 
so many things. It's amazing how how deep God's word is. Um, and so we'll move to Isaiah 11 and we'll look at verse 10 first. And in that day, there shall be a root of Jesse. There shall be a root of Jesse. That day is this day. Christ has come. He said, and in that day, there shall be a root of Jesse. Now, Jesse was David's father. So, in some places, it calls Jesus the son of David. But now here, it calls him the root of Jesse. Still talking about Christ. So he says, and in that day, there shall be a root of Jesse. And so my mind got to thinking about the root, the root, because uh, I went I went back and did some research um, on trees. And I'm no by no means uh, an expert in that field. Uh, but when I began to look up roots of trees, I began to see. Uh, which are some things that were refreshers, uh, some common knowledge that we may all know, but how the root provides the nutrients for the tree. The root provides the food. The, the root provides the water. The root provides uh, the things that the tree needs to grow, to live, to be alive. That's what the root does. And so that's what Christ does for us. We may not think about it that way, but that's what he does. He provides everything that we need. And so it says here, and in that day shall be a root of Jesse. All right. Which shall stand for an ensign of the people. Mm -hmm. To it shall the Gentiles seek, and his rest shall be glorious. The Gentiles, that's us. We're non-Jews. That's all Gentiles are. We're seeking after Christ because he is the root another thing that I found out about the root is that without it the tree would not be stable the root makes it possible that the tree can withstand winds it can withstand the storms all the things that would come and blow against it without the root the tree would fall over the tree would no longer survive without the root. And so uh, Paul talks about it. He tells us about being grounded in hope, grounded in faith. We wouldn't be able to do that without Christ. We would not be grounded because he is the root. He is what grounds us. He is the one that settles us. And so we're going to go back up to verse one. But if you just keep in mind, we're talking about the root of Jesse, uh, which is Christ. He is the one that keeps us uh, settled. He is the one that keeps us from falling over. He is the one that keeps us from being hurt, from, uh, from death. He is the one. He destroyed death for us. Now, we still will physically die, but we will not spiritually die. The root did all these things for us. So we're going to go back up to verse 1 and look at a few things here. And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse. Now we're still talking about the same root. The rod out of the stem of Jesse. He came down through the lineage of Jesse and David. 
and so many others, Solomon, so many others throughout time. That's the lineage that Christ came through. That was the lineage. All right. And a branch shall grow out of his roots. And a branch shall grow out of his roots. I won't have time to explain all these things. Paul talks about the branch uh, in, in the book of Romans, talking about the branch being grafted in, which was us. Uh, even if you go all the way back to Noah's ark, Noah sent out a raven. And then after the raven, he also sent out a dove. And on the second trip, the dove brought back in a branch representing the Gentiles coming into the church. The ark is the church. So the branch, I won't have time to go over all this. Let's move on to verse 2. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. Now this is the root. This is Christ. This is what Jesus told us when he came in the synagogue and the minister handed him the book. And he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. For it has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. This is what the Spirit is causing the root to do. To preach the gospel to the poor. To heal the brokenhearted. The root. This is what Christ came to do. So not only is he coming to settle us. To nourish us. To help us to grow. To provide all these things for us. He comes to restore us to redeem us, to heal us, because we know we get broken hearted about a lot of things. I know a lot of times, especially guys, we, we try to say, oh, I'm tough. <laughs> I don't get broken hearted. Nothing hurts me. But Christ knows. He knows. He knows you get hurt. And that's what he came to heal. He came to preach the gospel to the poor because a lot of times, I was talking to somebody about this the other day, a lot of times we treat people differently because they're poor, because of their status, because of their wealth. We treat people differently. But that's not what the root came here to do. He came for the poor because he knew the poor were neglected. I, right now, whenever, whenever we see somebody with money and we know they have it, Oh, oh, everybody's getting out of their seats, ready to greet them. I mean, can I get that for you? Let me get those bags. Let, let, let me tell you, oh, man, you got something on your shoe. You got, some, you got something in your hair. Let me help you out. You need a bottle of water. We go out of our way when we know somebody has money, when we know somebody's famous. We want to take pictures. Oh, let me get your autograph. We do all of these things. But if it's a person with no money, they can look exactly like the person that had the money. Exactly like them. And if we're not careful, <laughs> they might fool us. We might walk up to them. i actually seen that happen before. They think it was somebody famous when it turned out to not be them. They get the autograph and everything else. But had they, know, had they known this person was not the person they thought it to be, they would walk right past him, just like the average Joe. But that's what the root didn't come to be that way. Christ came to treat us all equally. That's what everybody wants, equality. That's what we all want. So he said, the spirit of the Lord 
is up on him. That's what um, John the Baptist, when he was sent here to baptize, God told him, whomever he saw the spirit land upon, signified by the dove, when it landed on him and stayed on him, he would know that's the root. <laughs> because the dove landed on him, representing the spirit. The spirit was on him. So, he said, and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. All right. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. We know the root, Christ, he had all of that. I'm reminded of when so many times people tried to come and investigate him. They tried to come and put him on trial, asking him questions, hoping to catch him. Uh, misspoken they they were hoping to catch him in a lie hoping to catch him saying the wrong things but they tried and tried and never could get anywhere and after a while the scripture said nobody they didn't even ask him any more questions after that after he continued to have all the right answers after he continued to handle situations with wisdom and understanding they said, we can't even ask this fellow no more questions. We're sick of this. We just need to get rid of him. But that's because the spirit of the Lord rested on him. He had the understanding. All right. The spirit of counsel and might. The spirit of counsel and might. Who needs to counsel the Lord? If we need counseling... This is who we go to, the root, to Christ. And he's going to be in us, but the root. Because right now, so many people need counseling for so many things. Marriage is falling apart. And so they say, we need to seek counseling. I mean, relationships falling apart with friends, falling apart with I mean, everything in life. And we're saying we need counseling at the job, relationships with people there. And so they say we need to go talk to somebody. We need counseling because we have to settle an issue here. But why not take it to Christ? Why not seek the root? The true answer, the one that has the wisdom and understanding. All right. The spirit of knowledge. And of the fear of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And shall make him a quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes. Now this is what's, this is one of the things that separates Christ, the root. This is what separates him. It says, he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes. He's not looking at things from a fleshly standpoint, he's not looking at things with a carnal mind. He's not looking at things with his eyes and making judgment. But that's what we do. But this isn't what Christ is doing. Uh-huh. Neither reprove after the hearing of his ears. He's not going by what he hears. <laughs> so often we, we say, well, I heard so-and-so did this. Christ ain't judging off of that. The root is not concerned with hearsay. He say, she say. He's not concerned with it. 
He's not judging off sight or what he hears. He's judging off what's true, what's righteous. Because a lot of times things can appear a certain way that they are, are not. That happens a lot of times. There's, a, there's even a saying um, that says, believe half of what you see and none of what you hear. But Christ is not judging by any of those. He's judging by what's actually true. Because looks can be deceiving. Alright. But with righteousness shall he judge the poor and reprove the equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. This is what the root's going to do. He's judging righteously. And I'm thankful he's judging the right way. Not what somebody said about me. Not what somebody's seen and it appeared to look a certain way. He's not judging that way. This is the root. This is the one that grounds us. This is the one that makes us able to stand. The root. Alright. And righteousness shall be the girdle of his loins. And faithfulness the girdle of his reins. He's going to be clothed in righteousness. But now, this is the part I want to get to. This is what Christ does. Alright. The wolf shall also dwell with the lamb. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb. See, we know that the wolf and the lamb, if the lamb sees the wolf, he sees food. Excuse me, if the wolf sees the lamb, he sees food. They cannot dwell together. But once the root takes hold, they can. This is what we found when we got in the ark. In Noah's ark. Back in that, in that day, it was the same as this day. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be uh, in the return of the Son of Man. The coming of the Son of Man is going to be the same way. So even back then, the wolf preyed on the lamb. But once the root entered into the ark, because the ark represented nothing but the church. Once the root, once Christ entered into the ark, all of that was all of that was not the same. They were converted. They were changed. Their appetite changed. So with Christ being in the ark, representing the church, he calls the lamb and the wolf to get along. This is what Christ did because he's the root. All right. And the leopard shall lie down with the kid. The leopard lie down with the baby goat. Uh-huh. And the calf and the young lion and the fatling together. Look at how all these animals got together. This is what we this is what happened in the ark. This is how Noah was able to accomplish what he accomplished because Christ was the root. Christ was the one who settled all these things. He allowed these things to happen. He was the root. So we saw 
the wolf and the lamb get along. We saw the lion get along. We saw all of these animals get along because of the root. See, with men, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. With God, all things, because somebody said this ain't even possible. That's what they told Jesus too. But he said it's possible. Paul said it's possible with Christ. He made it possible for all of these animals to get along. See, it, when we look at it, people today say, oh, had I been there, I would have just taken the escape route. I would have got on the ark. That's easy for us to say until we look at the fact that there's a lion in there <laughs> and we start to think in our mind, man, that lion's going to hurt somebody and it ain't going to be me. He must think I'm a fool talking about coming in this boat and there's a lion sitting right there. He think I'm a fool. We wouldn't have entered in there because we would not have known that there would be peace. But with Christ, he brought peace into the ark. He allowed all the animals to dwell together. Alright? And a little child shall lead them. And a little child shall lead them. Jesus told them, they asked him who would be the greatest in the kingdom. And he set a little child in the midst and said, except ye be converted and become as little children. He said, you won't enter into the kingdom of heaven. You must be converted. You must be changed when you come into the kingdom of heaven. That's what the ark was. The church, that's all it was. And so we saw how God transformed these animals, allowed them to dwell together. Because before time, they didn't dwell together. Before they were converted, there was no peace. There was nothing but bloodshed. But once they became converted, then God could, God could move in their midst. All because of the root. It was that root. It was Christ. Alright. And the cow and the bear shall feed. There is no fighting. They're dwelling and eating together. Because of the conversion that's happened. They were converted. Uh-huh. And their young ones shall lie down together. Mm -hmm. And the lion shall eat straw like the ox. Converted. We know the lion. That's not it. That's not what he desires. He doesn't want to eat straw. But all things are possible. With Christ. They were converted. And so now, if this represents the church, how much more should we be converted today? Because we have the root in our lives. We have Christ in our lives. He's expecting that same conversion today. If he can get the animals to straighten up, what's stopping us from straightening up? What's stopping us from dwelling with each other in peace? In harmony. What's stopping us from working together? Because Christ told us the spirit of the Lord was upon him. 
And that's what anointed him to do what he did. What's the spirit anointing us for today? It should be the same thing. It's the same spirit. There's only one spirit. So we find how all the animals, they were converted. They were changed because of the root of Jesse, because of Christ. All right. And the sucking child shall play on the hole of the asp. Mm -hmm. And the winged child shall put his hand on the cockatrice's den. Now we know we're not messing with no snakes. And we know we're not going to let our little children mess with a snake either, a child. But everything is different when we come into the church. God has chosen the foolish things and twisted them upside down and made things that seem like they shouldn't happen, happen. He's changed everything, all right? They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain. This is what makes the difference. He said, they shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain. See, when Moses, when he came on the mountain, God told him, he said, take off your shoe. Don't get any closer. Take off your shoes because this is holy ground. The ground you're walking on is holy. And so Moses had to change when he came in the presence of God. He said, God said, be ye holy for I am holy. So we saw a conversion beginning to take place. God had to change him. And so that's the same thing he's telling us now. He said, there's not going to be any hurting. There's not going to be any destroying. Not in the holy mount. We're just talking about the church, the new church. There should be a conversion. There sh we shouldn't be destroying one another because the spirit of the Lord should be upon us. And if he can stop these animals from killing one another, how much more can he stop us? Those of us that choose to come into the holy mount, to the church. Alright. Well, the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord. We should have the knowledge of the Lord once we come into the church. Because we learn all these things. We learn how he changed the appetite of the animal. We learn how he allowed Moses to have dominion over the lion. How he could successfully take the lion into the ark. Successfully take the bear into the ark. We don't, we don't have much success today if you try to walk up to a bear. You walk up to a lion if you want to. It won't be much success. You better have some type of weapon with you because there's not going to be anything peaceful about it. There, there, there will not be peace. But Christ can do it though. Christ can change these things. He said there shall not be. God cannot lie. This is only in the church, though, where the root is. This is only where the root is. All right. As the waters cover the sea. Mm -hmm. And in that day, there shall be a root of Jesse. There shall be a root of Jesse. 
Christ is going to be there. That's how all these things are going to happen. Because of Christ. Because he is the source. That's all the root is, the source. He is the source. He enables it. He allows it. He demands it. He demands peace to be within the church. The holy mountain. Which just represents the church. Anywhere God is, is holy. So he said, be ye holy for I am holy. Uh, drop down to verse 16. And there shall be an highway for the remnant of his people, mm -hmm. which shall be left from Assyria, like as it was to Israel in the day that he came up out of the land of Egypt. He said, there shall be an highway in another place in Isaiah, he said, a highway shall be there and a way. The way was called the way of holiness. There has to be a change because of the root of Jesse, because of Jesus Christ. There has to be a change. We cannot stay the same within Christ. We cannot. Even the animals don't stay the same in the presence of God. Even the animals can't. How much more must we change? He said, there shall not be any hurt or destroying. We cannot, because that's what the enemy comes to do, steal, kill, and destroy. But once we come into Christ, once we have the root in our lives, there has to be a difference. Because he does everything for us. He changes us. I want to look at, um, I want to look at what Paul said. In Acts the 19th chapter. Um, let's see what verse I want to get. I think I want 22. Or 17th chapter, I'm sorry. 17. 22. Mm -hmm. So, what we'll find here is Paul... Coming to Athens. And let, let's just read it. Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, Ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things ye are too superstitious. Now, we find here people not being rooted in Christ, but being rooted in the world, in other things, superstition, so many things. That have nothing to do with God. So Paul says. He perceives that they're too superstitious. Mm -hmm. For as I passed by. And beheld your devotions. Mm -hmm. I found an altar with the inscription. To the unknown God. To the unknown God. We don't know who the root is. So many people in the world. Don't know who the root is. We don't know. Who gives us our health and strength. Our life, health, and strength. Our breath. Every part that makes up who we are. Even the issues that we have. We don't recognize who gives us that. The root. We're talking about the root of Jesse. Jesus Christ. He is the one. Like we, like we discussed earlier. The tree would be nothing without the root. The Bible describes us as a tree in so many instances. He said, you shall know them 
by the fruit that they bear. You will know God's people. You will know whether a person is a child of God or not because of the way they carry themselves, because of the way they act. That's all that saying means. That's all that scripture means. You shall know them by the fruit that they bear. He's painting us out to be a tree. And now he says he's the root. See, the root is buried within the ground. You don't see the root. Minus the occasions where the ground uh, is, is insufficient, where the soil is insufficient. But when everything is in its proper place, you don't see the root. The root is below ground. No man has seen God, the scripture said. You don't see the root. But the root is, uh, the root, I can't think of the word I wanted to use, but the root is responsible for what you see above ground. That's all Christ is in our life. He's responsible for things that we can't even explain. You can't explain how you got here. You can say, yeah, my mother and father brought me here. <laughs> it's been many times a mother and father has tried to bring somebody here, but it did not happen. It's been many times. We're here because of Christ, who is our root. There's been many times where somebody has died and somebody tried to bring them back. But Christ said, no, that's it. We, we are here because of the root. Because of Christ. He is the one that gives us breath. He is the one that feeds us. He is the one that gives us the sun. The moon. Everything we have. And so Paul is going to explain that here. So Paul said. He saw this inscription. That said to the unknown God. Mm -hmm. Whom therefore he ignorantly worshipped. Him declare I unto you. There's a lot of ignorant worship going on today because we don't know who the root is. We worship so many other things instead of the root. But Paul wants to make it known who he is. All right. God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. Now, it's not God's desire to dwell in a building. Mm -hmm. Neither is worship with men's hands as though he needed anything. The root does not need it. He doesn't need this. He doesn't need our praise. He doesn't need it. Because he is the root. In the book of Isaiah, it tells us that Christ was going to grow up as a root out of dry ground. Now, we know today that the root needs some type of moisture in the ground. Because without it, the root will wither away. It won't grow. But Christ was a root that grew in dry ground because he didn't need anybody to do anything for him. He was the root himself. He was the water himself. He was everything himself. He was the root. So he was, Isaiah says he was the root out of dry ground. So he doesn't need our praise. He doesn't need anything from us. We need everything from him. He is the source. He is the supplier. 
But somebody doesn't know that. So Paul said, I want to declare him unto you. Uh-huh. Saying he giveth to all life and breath and all things. This is what the root does. The root does this for the tree. He gives the tree everything that the tree needs. The branch can't say, see, I did all of this. The leaves can't say, I did all this by myself. I don't need the root. Because if you cut off the supply from the root, the tree will wither away. And that's what Paul tells us here. He gives us breath and all things. He giveth life. This is what the root does. All right. And have made of one blood all nations of men for it to dwell on all the face of the earth. Now we know the root did this. He came and gave his blood to all nations. We don't have to fight over his blood. He gave it freely to us all. No matter what color you are. No matter what gender you are. No matter your height, your weight. He gave this to us all. His blood. Shed his blood for us all. We needed that. Mm -hmm. And have determined the times before appointed. And the mm -hmm. bounds of their habitation. He, he decides our lives. He decides how far we're going to go. That's what he decides. He has a purpose for us all. And just like he told Pharaoh. He said for this purpose. I have raised you up. He has a purpose for us. Whether it be good or bad. No matter what side you're on. There is a purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was I? That they, thanks. That they should seek the Lord, if happily they might feel after Him and find Him, though He be not far from every one of us. The root, Christ, is not far from any of us. We can sincerely pray right now, and He'll hear our prayer. He's right here. He's always here. There's nowhere we can go and get away from Him. If we ascend to heaven, he's there. If we go down to hell, he's there. If we turn to the left or the right, he's there. He's not far from every one of us. Mm-hmm. For in him we live. We live. Because of him. He defeated death for us. He took on the devil three rounds. He took on the devil. <laughs> Go ahead, Mel. And move and have our being. We have we can move because of Christ. Everything is because of the root. We have his blood covering us. The blood of the Lamb. He is the Savior. He is everything. We cannot get away from Christ. We move. We have our being. We have our soul because of him. So we can look at ourselves and get high-minded if we want and say we're here because of mother and father. But God still had to allow that to happen. It was God behind that. God created mother and father. He did, he did all these things. All right. As certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. 
And we've said this many times. I'm Christ's child. I'm a child of God. We say these things all the time. But it's all because of the root. Mm -hmm. For as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold or silver or stone graven by art and mm -hmm. man's device. Mm -hmm. At the times of this ignorance, God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. Before God winked at our ignorance, he allowed it to slide. But now he says, my people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. Now he's saying, you must get to know the root. You must get to know Jesus Christ. The one that we call our personal Lord and Savior. We must get to know him. Because in him, we live, we breathe, we have our being. We can move. We have his blood that's going to protect us. We have all of these things because of Christ. Because he is the root, the root of Jesse. Because we are the tree and he is the root. He supplies everything, even if we don't see him. Because again, the root is under the ground. The root is the part of the tree that we don't see. But yet the root is responsible for the tree becoming as big as the tree becomes. I was looking up something and it was saying how how much bigger the roots uh, get opposed to the crown of the tree, which is just the branches uh, and the leaves. The root still becomes uh, so many times bigger than even that portion of the tree. And that's how Christ is. No matter how big we get in his life, he'll always be bigger. He'll always be greater than us. So we have to be careful not to get beside ourselves because he is the root. He still is the one in charge. So let's go back uh, so we can wrap this up. Wait, what verse? Oh, let's read verse 31 first. Because he hath appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained. Whereof he hath given assurance unto all men, and that he hath raised him from the dead. We're still talking about Jesus. He was raised from the dead. Death could not hold him down. Because he is the root. Death has to obey him. And we know that to be true, because even in the book of Revelation, it tells us people are going to seek death and death He'll flee because he says so. Because the root said there shall be no death for these uh, set of months, five months, I believe. So the root is always in control. Jesus is in control of everything. And this should give us confidence, hope, peace, joy, happiness. Because of everything he's told us. So let's go back to Isaiah 11.
see we have a question uh, really quickly. Um, Clint, how you doing? Thank you for tuning in. Um, it says, what time are y'all going live? You're actually live right now, and um, we go live every Thursday evening at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, we're glad to see you here, and we hope that you get something out of our messages. So thank you for commenting. Thank you. Um, so we'll look at Isaiah 11, and let's just start back up at 1 again. And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. Mm -hmm. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. He said, there shall come up a branch out of his roots. He's going to be the root. And then it tells us the spirit of the Lord is going to rest on him. We find that's what Jesus said when he came. The spirit was on him. Because he was that root that Isaiah talked about. He's the one. All things point to him. Drop down to uh, verse 6 again. The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb. The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb. I, I thought about uh, the story of the three little pigs. Uh, and I hadn't heard the story in a very long time. But for those of us who can remember the story, it talked about the wolf. Because there was no peace between the wolf and the pigs. And so the pigs, well, the wolf wanted to eat the pigs. But we know they had built houses to escape. From the wolf. One built uh, the house made of straw. <laughs> One made of wood. And the other made of stone. Brick. But so when the wolf came. <laughs> he wanted them to open the door. But he said if not I'll huff. I'll puff and I'll blow your house down. <laughs> but we know he succeeded against the straw and the wood. But when he came to the stone, he couldn't do anything with it. He could not prevail against it. But now, when the root is a part of it, when Christ is a part of it, the wolf no longer wants to hurt the pigs. He no longer wants to hurt the lamb. But that's only when Christ gets involved. That's only when the root is involved. And that's what we saw with the ark. The wolf wasn't in there trying to blow anybody's house down. He was not trying to have lamb for dinner. He wasn't trying to have pig feet or bacon. All these animals could dwell together because of the root, which is Christ. How much more should we be able to dwell together? Because we say we have Christ in our lives. We say he's our personal Lord and Savior. We say <laughs> the blood of Christ dwells over us. We say we plead the blood of Christ. Then we should have peace with each other. Paul said, follow peace with all men. For without which we won't be able to see God. 
So we find the wolf dwelling with the lamb. Mm -hmm. And the leopard shall lie down with the kid mm -hmm. and the calf and the young lion and the fatling together. And a little child shall lead them. All of this is because of the root. Because of the root of Jesse. He's caused all of this to happen. But drop down uh, to verse 9. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain. This is because of the holiness that's there. Because where Christ is, it has to be holy. This is where holiness is. He changes things. We talked about it earlier. When Moses came before the holy God, God said, you got to remove your shoes. You have to change in my presence. That's the same respect that the animals had to pay him. They had to change. It's the same respect. And we see death pay Christ's respect. Because death could not hold him down. It had Death had to respect him. Because he was holy. Because there was no guile found in his mouth. There was no sin. So death, there was no way death could hold him. There was no way the tomb could hold him. There was no way anything or anybody could hold Christ down. Because he is the root. He is the giver. He is the one. He created all things. That's what the book of John tells us. Without him, there was nothing made that was made. Because he is the root. He is the creator. He is, he is everything. So, we find Christ being the root. And he should be the root in all of our lives. Because <laughs> we should be a resemblance of him. We should be Christ-like. We ought to lay down our lives for the brother, for one another. Because of what Christ did for us. So he says uh, in verse 9. Start over in verse 9 again. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain. Mm -hmm. For the earth shall be full of the, of the knowledge of the Lord. Mm -hmm. As the waters cover the sea. He said there shall not hurt they shall not hurt this goes for the animals and for us because the animals just was signifying us he's just showing how things change in his presence Jesus told Peter he said when you be converted strengthen the brothers after you come into the presence the true presence of God when you be converted, then strengthen the brothers. Strengthen those around you. Only after you're converted, though. So, we have to allow this to happen. We have to allow it to take place. But only will this happen if we allow Christ to be the root. And allow him to cultivate and grow us and grow in our lives. We grow in him and he in us. We abide in his word and his, his word abide in us. We can grow that way. 
So that's what I wanted to look at tonight. There's really a lot of things on my mind, but there's no way we'll be able to discuss them all. But if you don't remember anything else that I even said, we should always remember that Christ is the root. With him, we live, we breathe, we have our being. We move everything about us is because of Christ and because of the sacrifices that he made for us. And so uh, we should have joy at all times. We should be confident at all times because we know he told us he upon this rock, he would build his church upon the root. He would build his church and the gates of hell would not prevail against it. Because the church is going to be built on him. He's the root. He's the rock. Bible calls him the rock of our salvation. He's all those things. So if we know that, we should always be joyous, happy. We, we always have something to be happy about. Uh, I was, uh, somebody was telling me, uh, they said it's too early in the morning to be positive. It was a, uh, I don't know, it was around maybe 8 o'clock in the morning. They say it's too early to be positive. And in my mind, that, that's a sad way to be. That's a sad life. They said, just wait about two hours. <laughs> but I didn't know. I didn't know that there was a, a time frame where it was acceptable to be positive. But now that I have the root in my life, there's no reason for me to be feeling down in the dumps at 8 o'clock in the morning, hating my life, sad and depressed. Christ died for us so that we would have life. He rose again for us so that we would have life. There's no reason for that. But somebody does not have the root in their lives. But he's still offering at this very hour. This is the acceptable year because Christ is accepting all those all of those who will accept him. He's doing that right now. He wants to become a part of someone's life. So I pray that uh, we will take him up on that offer. I know everybody's not going to do it. He already said everybody's not. But for those of us who will, he's, he's standing there with his arms wide open, with his hand wide open, the same way Noah was when he reached out and grabbed the dove back into the ark. That's how Christ is there. His hands are wide open, ready to bring us in. So I pray that somebody would see, somebody would understand, somebody would uh, adhere to God's call. And I'll turn it back over to Melvin at this time. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, you mentioned the ark earlier. It's, it's funny, really, because um, a lot of people definitely do say, I know I would have gotten on the ark back then. No way, you tell me. <laughs> it's about the rain. But it's a lot of things that go into that that we don't look at a lot of times. Um, the people back then, they never heard of rain before. The Bible says the, the grass and the plants, it was watered from the earth, came up from the ground. So they had never heard of rain. They never heard of it. So Noah was looking really crazy out there saying, oh, water is going to come from the sky 
and it's going to flood the earth and it's going to kill everyone who doesn't get on this boat with these dangerous animals I got on here. And and you mean to tell me you would have gotten on there with, you see, two lions, two tigers, <laughs> bears, some roaches, <laughs> frogs, some wasps, any kind of thing. You really think that you would have gotten on there at that time? And that's the same thing that goes on today. Tony mentioned it earlier. The scripture that says, in the days of, as it was with Noah, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. And the coming, when Jesus comes back, it's going to be the same thing. People are going to be happy, joyous, marrying, wives, dancing, partying, because it's going to come back when we least expect it. Nobody knows the hour or the day, but it's going to be just like it was in that day. They're going to be people telling, preaching the truth, teaching things that people have never heard of before, just like it was back in the days of Noah. When um, we say what's required of salvation, it's not the norm. A lot of people don't know. A lot of people don't know, hey, you have to get baptized. You have to receive the Holy Ghost with evidence of speaking in tongues. And a lot of people have never heard about that. Just and it was just like the people back in the days of Noah have never heard about rain. They've never heard of it. It doesn't make sense. And that's why the scriptures say God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And it's funny, like the smarter that we get, the more we base our beliefs on science. And we have to know that science takes yield to what the word of God says. Because God says the fool says that there is no God. And we just don't know that another thing um tony brought up um in the bible says and they should be led by a child we definitely have to come to god as a little child and be converted all old things are passed away all things are become new and that is due to the fact that a little child doesn't know anything when a baby is born they don't know anything and they are taught so that's how we have to be. We have to humble ourselves because, and I know uh, Tony talks to a lot, a lot of people, and a lot of preachers who have been believing the same thing 20, 30, 40 years. So they look at this like, man, what is this young gun trying to tell me? Does he, he know how long I've been in this business? <laughs> does, does he know? He doesn't know anything. And that's a lot of our problems today. We hold on to something that we've been taught, that we've learned. And we can even see in the scripture that what we believe is not right. But just because we've been taught that, we want to hold on to the traditions. I remember we were trying to talk to somebody um, over a year ago. And he said, yeah, I see it right there. It's right there. I'm still not going to do it, though. I've been raised this certain way, and I'm going to stick to it. And the other person said, oh, I'm this domination for life. And nothing you're going to say is going to change my mind. And that's how we we can't be. Because a lot of us are going to find ourselves in trouble trying to hold on to what we've been taught. And it's wrong. And a lot of times, the people who are teaching these incorrect things, they don't mean any harm. They don't mean any harm. But it's doing all the harm in the world. So I just pray that we take time and, and read our Bibles because a lot of us, we, we do our thing first and then we say, I'm going to give time to God at the end of my day when I get done with this instead of 
taking um heed to what he's saying and giving him the priority. Now I know a lot of us have jobs, a lot of us have schoolwork that we need to tend to. So I mean, I'm not saying that oh you need to just stop doing that, put time, put twenty four. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying in our free time, we're going to say, I'll, I'll read the Bible after I finish with this episode on Netflix. And then that one episode turn, turns into two and three and the four. And then, and then we see a little pop-up saying, are you still watching? And we click yes. And it goes to the next episode. And then, before we know it, it's late at night. And we putting God off until tomorrow. Say, well, now. Uh, I guess I'll get some reading in tomorrow. <laughs> Because uh, and I can speak from and I can speak on this because I'm speaking from experience. I definitely used to do this, but now it's just second nature. <laughs> Wake up, get some reading in, because that's how important it is. That's how important it is to study the scripture without that getting getting understanding. And that's what's missing from today. Get an understanding. <laughs> so, Joshua says, "Woo." <laughs> <laughs> I can definitely, um, definitely speak on that. But um, I thank God each and every day for the progress that I've made. And I still have a lot of progress to go, as as we all do. But um, I thank God from, for me and him um, turning me around to what I used to be. Because I said that I was following God, but that was just from my words. My actions didn't back it up. I was always trying to get even with somebody. I always trying to fight back, get upset when I think people will talk about me. But now I can laugh at those things. I can laugh them off and wish somebody a good day or a blessed day. And when they've just done something of evil heart to me, they talk about me, they may curse me out. They do anything, but I say, you know, have a nice day. I thank God for that because it took a lot. And I'm sure uh, God is working in everyone's life to turn them around and make them a new creature in the body of Christ. So um, we thank you guys for tuning in. We're going to leave it there until uh, we don't have any more comments. And remember, we're always open for questions, comments, or concerns if you have any questions or if you have any topic that you want us to cover in a future video. Um, I'm sure Tony wouldn't mind. Uh, covering that topic so uh, we're going to end it there again thank you for tuning in week in and week out listening to what thus says the lord and as i always like to say rejoice in the lord always because today's tribulations are definitely tomorrow's testimonies counted all joy there is always a reason to be joyful in the midst of every storm so we'll see you guys next thursday evening with another topic coming straight from the word of god so i pray that you all be blessed and we'll see you then Thank you for listening to our weekly Bible study podcast. My name is Melvin Corners, here along with Minister Tony Banks, who brings the word every week. You can catch these Bible studies live on Facebook every Thursday evening at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. You should tune in and ask questions or just tell us how you're doing. We'll see you guys next Thursday evening with another topic. Rejoice in the Lord always.